When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning, everyone. Welcome along to Tradies News in a Nutshell for your Wednesday morning, middle of the week, the 29th of March, 2023. Daniel Pettigrew in the chair. We are broadcasting through SEN 1170 AM in Sydney, uh, SENQ 693 AM in Brisbane, and SEN 1620 AM on the Gold Coast. one 1170 is our open line number. You can send in a text. James already has. Very keen, James. Uh, 0457 736 736. All before breakfast with Vossi and uh, and James Magnuson. This morning being a Wednesday uh, morning, Brandy's RDO. Uh, rest that hand. Uh, so Vossi and James Magnuson up after 6 a.m. Queensland listeners, you'll get the first hour of Vossi and James Magnuson. And then uh, you'll take pattern heels from 6 a.m. local time. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. the open line number. You can send a text, as I say, 0457736736. If you want to get in contact this morning, plenty to come up. Also going to have a chat with host of Tradies News in Melbourne, Maddie Cox, who you may or may not be hearing on the airwaves uh, for a couple of days next week when I take a little break. But we'll have a chat with him about that Uh in about 15 minutes' time. And also, more importantly than all of that, uh, some of the big issues making news here in Sydney and also news there in Melbourne. So plenty to look forward to on the show over the course of the next hour. So let's get going. The Hot Topic, thanks to Rheem. Built tough for Aussie conditions. When it comes to water heating, ask your plumber to install a Rheem. Built tough for Aussie conditions. Ask your plumber for Australia's favourite and install a ream. All right, where do we start on this Wednesday morning? Let's start in Canberra. Um, and a story I didn't think I'd be talking about this morning, and I'm sure most people, uh, NRL fans, never thought Jack Whiten would put himself to the open market, but yet it seems like he is going to. Now, we know Jack Whiten has been with the Canberra Raiders for 14 seasons. Uh, he's 30 years of age uh, Jack Whiten um, has played over 200 games for the Canberra Raiders as well. But now looks like he's going to put himself on the open market. So the Dolphins, West Tigers and Parramatta have emerged as the most potent threat to Canberra's hopes of keeping Jack Whiten. So the former Delhi M winner has dropped a bombshell on the Raiders by informing the club he is placing himself on the open market for the first time in 14 years. Uh, it's been revealed that Whiten has already spoken to Dolphins officials about the prospect of joining the NRL's 17th team in 2024. He joined the Raiders as a teenager before developing into one of the world's best footballers. Now, this is the first time since making his NRL debut with the club in 2012 that Whiten has gone down the path of contemplating leaving the Canberra Raiders. Now, the shock decision has surprised even some of Wyden's closest supporters, who were of the belief the Star 5-8 would take up an option in its current contract that immediately triggered an extension for 2024. That contract clause states that Wyden has until round 10, which is five weeks away following this weekend, to trigger the automatic 
extension for 2024. However, Wyden has told Raiders CEO Don Ferner and head coach Ricky Stewart he plans to test his worth on the open market. Uh, the Raiders are willing to, ki- to fight to keep their hugely influential playmaker. Uh, Ferner said Jack's quite within his right to test the market. He's been incredibly loyal to us for 14 seasons. He's never once gone out and tested the market. He has our full support. He knows that we're going to do everything we can to keep him and extend him. But being possibly his last contract, he has to do what is right for his young family, and we fully understand and appreciate that. So Dolphins, Tigers, Eels um, have taken immediate interest in potentially signing Jack Whiten. Now, for the Tigers, I think it would make sense. Uh, The Eels, it's an interesting one with them because we're in this situation at the moment. We'll get on to the Clint Gutherson story in a second, but we're in this whole situation at the moment where Clint Gutherson is still at fullback and he's come out and said yesterday uh, elsewhere that he's happy with the decision. And it seems like they're going to be going, um, well, their target is Jaden Campbell. Um, from the Gold Coast Titans. We'll get to that in a second. But Jack Wyden, Parramatta, maybe. The Dolphins obviously does make sense um, if he could get a couple of years up at the Dolphins. Um, do it, Of course, the other thing is he may well just stay at Canberra and it may, he may not go anywhere. If you're running a club, would you sign Jack Whiten? Uh, he's 30 years of age. We know how good footballer he is. He is actually out for the next couple of weeks, suspended. But would you sign Jack Wyden? 0457 736 736 or 1300-011170. If you're the manager of a football club, 30 years of age, been at the Raiders for 14 years, would you sign Jack Wyden? I think there'd be teams that would definitely want to take the risk on signing Wyden. There'd probably be teams that would probably say no at this stage of his career. But it's still a weird one, isn't it? one 736 or 0457-736-736. Would you sign Jack Whiten? Would you like to see Jack Whiten playing at your football club? Good luck to them. Um, if he can get a bigger contract elsewhere. Jack Whiten, would you like to see him playing for your NRL team? 0457-736-736, our text number. You can call the open line as well. one 1170 Now on to the Eels. And this whole story surrounding Clint Gutherson. And there was a lot of talk back, especially on breakfast yesterday morning with Vossi and Brandy on the open line about Clint Gutherson. And a couple of Parramatta fans not sure what is going on. It does seem, though, that Clint Gutherson seems quite happy with what this story is. And it's now emerged that Jaden Campbell is a mooted target for the Parramatta Eels as the Eels chase an explosive match winner to support Captain Clint Gutherson in their premiership pursuit. So it's been revealed by News Corp that Campbell is on a hit list of prospective recruits trying to go, for Parramatta trying to get um, after following revelations of a secret contract clause that's set to make the Gold Coast superstar a free or speed star a free agent. Um, Campbell is 23. He's contracted to the Titans until the end of 2024. However, he has a clause in his deal that will allow him to negotiate with rival clubs in the coming weeks if he hits a minimum games benchmark this season. Now, that would open the door for the Eels to make a play for Campbell, who is stuck behind Queensland Origin star AJ Brimson, although I think he picked up an injury over the weekend, in the fullback pecking order. The Eels have also been linked with Tigers duo Dane Laurie and Charlie Staines. 
as they look to fill their vacant spots in the top 30. Uh, we know Justin Holbrook rates Jaden Campbell highly. However, there is a uh, logjam of fullbacks at the club. We know Brimson, as I said, he'll be sidelined for the next month with a hamstring injury. Jaden Campbell, Dane Laurie, Charlie Staines, Jack Wellsby is another name who's been mentioned, um, who is a very good player. But I still find it very strange. Jaden Campbell is a good player. Charlie Staines, Dane Laurie, they're solid players. But are they really going to be the X factor for Parramatta to go on to win a competition? I just don't see why Parramatta would want to sign any of them. No, disrespect to those three players. But maybe coming off the bench? I suppose handy if Clint Gutherson picks up an injury. And that's what Brad Arthur, I saw Brad Arthur say this on uh, the news last night, that obviously if Gutherson's injured, it'd be good to have a deputy fullback, a backup fullback. But let's say Gutherson is fit and healthy. Any of those three players, Jaden Campbell, Dane Laurel, Charlie Staines, strike you as an X factor. Not that they're not good players, but do they strike you as an X factor that could help Parramatta win the competition? Jack Wellsby, does he strike you as an X factor that could help Parramatta win the competition? And of those four players I've just named, I think Jack Wellsby's probably the one. Now, Jaden Campbell is an excellent player, but again, an X factor that could take the uh, take the Eels to win the competition? I don't know. 0457 736 736, our text number, or 1300 01 1170 if you want to call the open line. Also, Peter Volandes, and we'll talk about this with Matty Cox in about five minutes' time, has said he is open to taking the NRL Grand Final to Melbourne. So we will talk about that with Matty Cox in just a moment. Plus, Josh Reynolds, named in the Bulldogs lineup. And a lot more going on as well. Plenty to get our hands stuck into. Teeth stuck into, not hands. Teeth stuck into on uh, hands too. If you want teeth stuck into on this Wednesday morning, 0457 736 736 is our text number. You can call the open line, 1300 01 1170. But on the other side of this, we'll get to your text and we will have a chat with Maddie Cox in Melbourne. It's 10 past five in New South Wales, 10 past four in Queensland. This is Tradies News in a Nutshell. Maddie Cox in Melbourne coming up in just a second. I suppose the other thing with Jack Whiten story is that the Eels, he's been linked to the Eels. Is he going to be the X Factor player they're talking about? But it wouldn't be for this year. It'd be for the couple of years after that. Uh, it, yeah, interesting one to watch. A few texts about that. We'll get to that shortly. A lot of other news floating about. 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170. Let's have a chat with host of Melbourne Tradies News, Maddie Cox, down in Melbourne. And a very good morning to you, Dan Pettigrew. It's very nightclubby, isn't it? For God of us, morning, morning, Matty. For, for, for those that are travelling home, they're um, they well, they'll enjoy that tune. For everyone else waking up this morning, they'll probably have a throbbing head. Now, are we <laughs> going to get our hands stuck into this or our teeth stuck into uh, it? Ah, thank you very much. Yes, thank you. I hope you didn't hear that. Look, it is early I did hear in the it morning. Loud and clear. <laughs> yeah, I thought you would. Uh, funny how you didn't mention that off air in our chat. No, teeth, no, no, teeth stuck a, in. Teeth stuck yeah. into. Are you sure about that? Are yes, you sure? yes, very sure. Look, it's been. It's very <laughs> early in the morning. I'm due a holiday. You'd understand this, mate. You're due a holiday, are you? You yes, only went yeah. on holiday about three weeks ago. Uh, no, well, no, well, that was. For about three months. (laughs) Firstly, I haven't been on holiday for three months, actually. It's almost four months, Maddie. And I did have a couple of days off, but that was due to COVID. Can't help that. 
I've got you on the back foot early this morning, <laughs> exactly, and I am yes. very happy yes. about it. I'll get that AFL draw song back out again and play that for you. <laughs> now, yeah, well, actually, speaking of last week, yeah. here I am <laughs> here we go. Yes. chatting away, and then whoever cut the cable at SEN headquarters at Sydney last week must have done the same thing at the Gabba last Friday yes. night. You lost power last week during our chat. Well, yes, I was enjoying our chat immensely last week, oh, Matty. I'm still suspicious whether you were actually enjoying it or whether you just decided to flick the switch because I was boring you to death. More than I I enjoyed the start of our chat just then. I was loving it last (laughs) week. Um, And then, actually, funnily enough, um, I have a texter uh, called Kingswood Welder who texts into my show regularly. He's probably listening now. He's a big listener to STN uh, in Sydney. Um, And he, I don't know what we're talking about, he said he enjoys the show apart from when we talk about AFL. Um, And the next morning, he actually sent another text in saying, Apologies for cutting the cord as soon as she started talking about AFL. Uh, no, so our wonderful technician James Battle came in, switched something on and off, and then it worked again. So there oh, you go. The, the old restart. Yep, yep. He, oh. He's great at doing that. Fantastic at doing, <laughs> at doing that. So let's hope, Manny, over the next 10, 15 minutes, we can get through it without any issues. Very well done. Yeah, thank you. That is nicely done. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I did did look down for a second. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Oh, we have too much fun at this time on a a Wednesday morning. When does that start? Uh, Yeah, go on. (laughs) Before we get, uh, I know we've got a couple of topics that we want to bring up, but just quickly, the one that I did forget to uh, mention to you, so I want to get my hands stuck into it, is the (laughs) Broncos and Dolphins match last Last Friday night. Now, our attention was obviously on Brisbane, Melbourne, but Mm. there was all sorts of storylines coming out or going into this match and then coming out of it. Given now it's had a few days to digest, how how did you, or how do you sum up not only that match, given there was 50,000 in attendance, Mm. but this miraculous start for the Dolphins, considering that everyone thought they would be dwindling down the bottom of the ladder? Yeah, and no blackout. That was amazing to see in the AFL, uh, just uh, literally not across the road, but very close to uh, Suncorp Stadium on Friday night. Uh, Look, it was a great occasion. Uh, The biggest uh, crowd so far this year, 51,000. And what has been a very successful start to the NRL season, uh, crowds are up, ratings are up. So all round, that's been great. But in terms of the game um, on Friday night, it was an excellent game. Uh, Brisbane deserved to win. Um, but the Dolphins still amazingly managed to stay in the game. And look, Maddie, with about 14 or 15 minutes left, they actually got in front. And you thought that potentially they were going to pull off a miracle, considering they had one of their big stars not uh, playing because of suspension. Another one, I think, was out injured. And then we had a couple of players that picked up injuries throughout the game. So to only lose by six points against the informed team, albeit very early on in the season, uh, informed team of the competition and the Broncos is a very good effort. I suppose, and I think I've mentioned this to you in the past, Matty, I suppose now the interesting one surrounding the Dolphins is now they've picked up a few injuries. Depth is going to be their challenge. And I've said that from day dot, but... Again, when you've got a team coached by Wayne Bennett, uh, you just can never rule them out. And to have, in terms of the Broncos-Dolphins rivalry, to have that now was labelled the Battle of Brisbane. We're going to see a lot more of them well, for many, many years to come. And that was just the first of uh, many. So that was very exciting. And really, it kind of overtook, even in Sydney, uh, the grand final rematch, at least in the lead-up to it. Now, the Parramatta-Penrith game was a sensational game. But there was more talk in Sydney about the Battle of Brisbane 
than the grand final rematch the night before. So just, yeah, a fantastic lead up and a great display as well. And speaking of crowds, one thing I wanted to bring up with you last week before you rudely cut me off. Yes. Was the disappointing crowd out at um, Giants Stadium in round one of the AFL for GWS against Adelaide. I understand the conditions up there were quite warm. And there's also probably with the Giants this year, there's a sense of, well, what kind of team will they be like? But the disappointing reaction down here was the fact that we are still struggling to attract fans mm. to matches, particularly out in the, the Sydney showgrounds, I suppose you, you would call it, out in that neck of the woods. Does that, does that resonate with you? Yeah, the Giants are a really interesting one, Matty. Um, if you recall, was it 2019 they made the grand final? Um, yes. And uh, lost quite comprehensively in that match. It, it, that that day was interesting as well because we had an NRL preliminary final on that day and I went out to watch it expecting to be uh, surrounded by a lot of Giants fans. Instead, I was surrounded by a lot of Richmond fans. So I think the Giants, although they had that successful year in 2019, when you think about AFL in this city, and you'd know this probably more than me, Matt, even though you're not here, but when you look at it, the Sydney Swans are the showpiece of AFL in this city. And that's probably partly because obviously they've been around a lot longer than the Giants, but obviously they've had a lot more success as well. Now, they made the grand final last year, clearly didn't win the grand final. They were comprehensively beaten as well. But the, I suppose you could... <laughs> How, how do I say it? You can compare the situation. So Giants in 2019, Swans in 2022. You go out and about in Sydney on those two particular grand final days. Every pub club was filled with Sydney Swans fans. A lot of interest in it, even though it was in the middle of our NRL final series, as it always is. Whereas I think the Giants just, for the most part, and look, they do have fans, but for the most part, have probably failed to capture the public's attention to the extent the Swans have. And... To be honest with you, Maddie, I, I don't quite know what else they can do apart from making a grand final like they did. And when they did, obviously there were more there was more interest in it in Sydney, but it's going to be very hard in my eyes to see them ever overtaking the popularity of the Swans. Well, I can remember in the mid-2000s when Sydney was probably at its strongest point from the time it's been based in the, the Harbour City. So when it won its... First flag under Paul Ruse. And that was the, a lot of people then were saying that that was the moment that the Sydney Swans really captured the attention of the, the Harbour City. Mm. And and does, does that same principle then need to be applied to the Giants in a way that until they obtain the ultimate success, they will never be truly recognisable? I also think as well is that, that and that is probably true. Look, if the Giants went on to win the competition this year, next year, in the next five years, of course it would gain some attention in Sydney. And I have no doubt then there would be more fans uh, and more people going to their games, more people watching their games. That just naturally happens really in any sport. But I, I think the other thing is Sydney Swans, they get great crowds nearly every week. Uh, 30, 40,000 at the SCG. It's a great uh, afternoon, night out. Uh, everyone that I know that goes it, uh, goes to it enjoys it. I've been uh, to a few matches in previous years. Love it. 
I think, though, it is hard for two teams in Sydney when you are talking about a state that is really invested in rugby league. It would probably be a similar thing. Look, the Melbourne Storm in the NRL do a fa- have done a fantastic job, and yes, they've been very successful, which has helped, but they've done a very good job uh, to capture the imagination of Melbourne sporting fans. But if you put a second team, second NRL team into Melbourne, I couldn't see them doing getting more than about two, 3,000 people there if they're lucky. So I think you've got to remember as well what you're doing. But full credit to the AFL for targeting the Western Sydney market because it is open um, there. Obviously, we've got Parramatta and Penrith, very successful rugby league teams. But, yeah, I think, Maddie, if they're to be serious and to be uh, to gain more momentum, they would definitely have to win a competition. And even then... Who knows how much more popularity that would gain long-term for them. Only time would tell. And speaking of gaining popularity and entering... Popularity, yep. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. thank you. Yep. I was going to cop that, wasn't I? (laughs) Um, In trying to gain momentum in uh, in interstate markets, what's this story you've just alluded me to about... Uh, who we call down here on SEM Breakfast, Push Ahead Pete, Peter Velandis. <laughs> mm. what, what has he said about bringing the NRL Grand Final south of the Murray River? So it's an interesting one. I think we were talking about this last year, Maddie, and then they signed that one-year deal to play last year's Grand Final in Sydney. And then at that point in time, Peter Velandis said that basically uh, he'd be open to a Super Bowl roadshow, roadshow type of event for the NRL Grand final each year. Now, uh, he has said he is prepared to take the NRL grand final to Melbourne uh, this year. Um, he said that we it could be an option for us. Now, that doesn't mean it's definitely going to be an option for us, but he hasn't ruled it out. Now, I would still find it surprising, but uh, the Visit Victoria CEO, Brendan McClements, is very excited. He would love to see the NRL grand final in Melbourne. And it's an interesting one because this talk continues and it's going to continue at least in New South Wales, maybe for another few weeks. We've got a new government here after the Labor um, government, after Labor won the election and formed government for the first time in 12 years. So there's going to be a chat between Peter Vlandis and our new Premier, Chris Minns, over the next couple of weeks, I suppose, about what happens with the grand final long term. But one thing I think we know about Peter Vlandis, whether you like him, you don't like him, he isn't afraid to take risks and do things a little differently and not play it safe. So I don't see it being down in Melbourne, but nothing would surprise me these days. And it'd be curious to see, like, we'll adapt out here. We'll we'll take anything and we'll we'll show you what a good crowd is down here. If you want to play it at the MCG, we'll pack it out with 90 plus thousand people, which would be uh, something that... Your neck of the woods wouldn't really be associated with just a little uh, poke well, for uh, uh, this Wednesday well, morning. Yeah, well, well, but, we do. Yeah, okay. We, we do get a sold out grand final. It's not our fault. Our stadium only holds eighty thousand. Well, yes, it is. <laughs> so blame your government. Get your new government to build an extra grandstand or something. Right, I'll, call, but, I'll call Chris Minns. But but it, it's curious. I wonder where where this thinking has come from because wouldn't you be cannibalising? the support and the heartland of rugby league by taking it. I mean, the, the, the there hasn't been much uproar when the state of origin game, when there's been one game handed out to either Melbourne, Adelaide or, or Perth, it seems to have been embraced. But if you to take the grand final out of the heartland, 
surely that's not going to sit well with your rusted-on fans. And there are people, Matty, who still believe that State of Origin should be either two games in New South Wales, one game in Queensland, or vice versa. I I don't have a huge issue with State of Origin because it is the pinnacle of our season uh, outside of a grand final. Um, so, yeah, I'm not, I'm not overly bothered by that. I know some people are. But, yeah, I think with the NRL grand final, look, I, I'm sort of one that, believes really that's we don't have a lot of traditions in rugby league um but this is a tradition in rugby league for the grand final to be in sydney now i outside of that COVID year in 2021 i would be open and i understand if they played it in queensland every two three four five years i don't know how they would look at doing that um because look, queensland is also actually probably in a way more than new south wales the heartland of rugby league um and they already talk about getting another queensland team in on the back of uh, the dolphin success early on so i don't think many rugby league fans would have a huge issue with the game moving to queensland but i think if you take it anywhere out of sydney and queensland or new south wales and queensland i think you're 100 percent right i think that's when the problem is going to be because um, even if the Melbourne Storm, Maddie, were in the grand final, um, and obviously, and, and look, I think the grand final would probably sell out in Melbourne anyway, as you said, but there has to be some traditions in our game. And I think keeping the grand final in New South Wales, worst case, moving it to Queensland every few years is probably what they should be doing. Because you're right, I think whilst people will watch and some people will fly, it will alienate people. And I suppose the other thing, just quickly as well, Maddie, on that, is if your team is a Sydney-based team, and we've got nine teams in the NRL that's based in Sydney and then four teams in Queensland, if any of those 13 teams make the grand final, you don't know about that until a week before. And if you've seen the, uh, the prices of flights recently, you're going to pay paying a lot of money to fly interstate to watch your team play. I know that same argument could be made for a Queensland team, for Queensland fans having to come down to Sydney and vice versa, but... In terms of going to Melbourne or Adelaide or Perth, you'd be paying a lot of money. It would be indeed. Now, speaking of traditions yeah. and keeping traditions. <laughs> I think I know. Keeping, yeah, yeah, keeping okay. players it seems okay, to be yes. an issue for your code at the moment. Yes. What's going on there? I thought you were going to say, keep, uh, sticking with traditions, I'm going on holiday next week. Uh, no. Yeah, I'm uh, getting to that. I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure you are. I'm sure you are. So, Joseph Suali, now, Rugby World Cup. Um, and actually, it's a question I'll throw back at you before I answer that question. How much interest is there in Rugby Union down in Melbourne? <laughs> mm, there's a niche audience, I think, would be the polite way of describing it. Yeah. Uh, look, I, I remember, Matty, um, you probably remember this too, the World Cup here in 2003, rugby, I will still maintain, I might be right or wrong, but was on the verge then of potentially taking over rugby league as the second biggest football code in this country. And then we know what sort of happened since then. Well, Joseph Suili'i, who plays for the Roosters, uh, 19 years old, um, always been talked that he was going to play rugby union. Um, and he played uh, rugby union as a, a child, also played rugby league. Got over the course of the weekend, signed a deal for $1.6 million uh, to go over to Rugby Union as of 2025. So he's still in Rugby League with the Roosters this year and next year. He then goes over and has been signed for 25, 26, 27. So he'll be playing uh, for the uh, for the Wallabies when the British and Irish Lions tour here in 2025. And then, of course, we've got a Rugby Union World Cup on our home soil in 2027. No issue with him doing that. Um, he's only going to be 23, 24 when that contract 
contract ends. He may stay with Rugby Union. He'll be young enough to come back to Rugby League and still make an impact. But it has opened a bit of a can of worms about... Is there going to be any more players going from Rugby League to Rugby Union? Uh, Hamish McLennan uh, from Rugby Australia yesterday said on the news last night that there's one unnamed NRL player um, that was talking uh, to him about moving to Rugby Union. Now, whether he's just trying to stir the pot, I'm not sure. Peter Volandi's had a few things to say which weren't that complimentary about Rugby Union either. But it is an interesting one, especially with Eddie Jones back as head coach of the Wallabies. Uh, we know the success he's had with Australia in the past and also England over the past few years. So I think it is one to watch in particular as we head up to that British and Irons Lions tour but more importantly to that 2027 World Cup because there would be a lot of rugby league players who would succeed very well in rugby union. But, of course, rugby league don't want to help rugby union out at all, really. So, yeah, one to watch. And I suppose the attraction for rugby union players, for rugby league players moving over to rugby union, not just the money, but also being able to go all over the world and not just play in a couple of states in Australia. And we'll get a limited chance to play for your national team as well. I think would be the other incentive. Mm. And it goes to show the impact that putting Eddie Jones as the mm. senior coach of the Wallabies, it's already starting to change the landscape for the for the Wallabies and for rugby union in this country, which it needs. It needs a regeneration. As you said, it, for a long period of time, it dominated. Mm. Even down here, the... People, no doubt, on 0433981116 for my audience of memories of when the Wallabies were successful mm. and how um, entrenched we were in their success. And, and now, even when they come to town, it, it's hard to get excited mm. by it. So the fact that there's a bit of moving and shaking going on, I think, is exciting for the code going forward. And just quickly, mate, you could see as well when he signed, which was, what, two months ago now, roughly, um, the headlines. All of a sudden, Rugby Union was back in the headlines. Now, it does probably help that we've got a World Cup coming up later this year in Paris, I think it is, or in France, but it's still... Um, it still made the headlines. And look, I think for a long period of time, rugby union slipped behind probably football, as in soccer in this country, as probably the fourth football code. Now it has a real chance to, well, definitely push up to third. I, I still doubt if whether it can ever overtake NRL or AFL, but it can sort of get back to where it was if they work hard enough. And the other important thing to that and the added ingredient is we need a successful Wallaby side. And we know for many years they haven't been that successful. So with Eddie Jones back in charge, maybe some new faces. It will be very interesting to watch the Wallabies over the course of the next few years and rugby union in this country. Look at the script that the Socceroos have set down. Mm. They they've, have proven that if you do generate just a little bit of success and, and are able to bring people on along the journey, mm. people will become associated with you again. A hundred percent. And I, I think I've said to you in in the past, uh, last year when I was overseas on holiday and watching uh, the Socceroos, mm. <laughs> sorry, mm. uh, Socceroos, mm. Socceroos play in the World mm. Cup. I know where this is going. Socceroos play in the World Cup. But we were there and they were in, I can't even remember what part of the UK we were in, but we were watching uh, the game where they beat Denmark, was it, where they made it uh, mm. through to the next uh, round. And there were a lot of Australians, it was 4pm in the afternoon, but a lot of Australians in the pub watching it. And I think in years gone by, that probably wouldn't have happened. Um, and even when we played Argentina and we lost that game, I was in a pub in Dublin and 
Most of them were Irish. Most of them, half of them probably couldn't care less what was happening. But the other half, very invested in the football and the Socceroos. So uh, it definitely, the momentum with football is building here. And if the Socceroos can continue, I know they lost last night, but can continue doing what they have been doing over the past 6, 12 months, they're in for a really good run as well. They will be. They will indeed. Um now, we're yes. not chatting next week, you've informed me, well, which I'm incredibly upset about. Well, I kind of thought, so I'm actually heading down to your part of the woods. So I, I almost had the idea uh, that, so I'm here Monday, Tuesday for my audience in Sydney, and then I'm having a few days off, just a little Easter break, back Easter Monday, so don't worry. Um, I almost thought I might come in and see you next Wednesday. I still haven't ruled that out, but I, the, the 3.30 quarter to four alarm on a day off is Kind of putting me off, but oh, maybe I, I might grace you. I might, might come in and say hello. Maybe I I, uh, I know exactly the decision that I would be making, <laughs> but more importantly, that means your audience is copying me for at least two days next week. Mm. So to the particular texter that a couple of weeks ago well, wasn't a very appreciative of some of the noises that I was uh, making here on Tradies News. Um, get ready is all I'll say. Well, he has texted again, Manny. Uh, this is Kingswood Welder. Uh, my my hand is on the plug, Daniel. Don't make me do it again. So, uh, if we're off air any period of time over Wednesday and Thursday, we know why. Maybe just a public service announcement for uh, what, what, what's what's this texter's name? Kingswood Welder. He, he's a great texter, Tessie, and I'll, I will make sure he texts in to you on well, your number. I, I was going to suggest Kingswood Welder. Maybe yeah, turn the alarm off uh, next Wednesday and Thursday just to ensure that your week goes smoothly. Look, I'll send you some rugby league stories, Matty. I, I'm always available to jump on as well, so we could always have a chat at any point in time. Always available, yet always on holidays. Very strange. Appreciate getting our hands stuck into things this morning, uh, yeah, uh, Dan. Thank you, thank you. I might see you next week, maybe. I, I doubt it. We'll speak I'll, soon, though. I'll just lock the doors here. Yeah. Uh, good on you, Dan. Thank you, Matty. Uh, yes, Matty Cox from Tradies News in Melbourne, and he will be uh, with you next Wednesday and Thursday morning. Um, and then, of course, it's Easter weekend. I'll be back with you Easter Monday, but I'm here next Monday and Tuesday as per usual. Good to have a chat uh, with him. Interesting what he was saying there about rugby union in Melbourne. Um, and, and we talk about, and we have been talking about a lot this week. I saw, as I mentioned with Matty, um, saw Hamish McClendon interviewed on uh, Nine News last night about how they would take Sweetly E now. Because um, there'd been some talk. Phil Gould was saying on 100% footy the other nine about he should just go now. Uh, he wouldn't be considering picking him for state of origin. But we talk about all of that. And we talk about the rivalry between rugby league and rugby union and uh, the Wallabies and rugby league players going over to rugby union, um, which makes a lot of headlines here in New South Wales and up in Queensland uh, through SEN 693 and SEN 1620 AM. But in Melbourne and the AFL states, you probably haven't even heard about it. Um, and when you talk about dominance on a national stage and an international stage, yes, it generates a lot of talk here, um, and rightfully so. But does it really make the AFL fans watch more rugby union or watch less rugby league? So we are talking about just two states, really, where Rugby Union is trying to get their hands on these players. It'll be interesting. It'll be one to watch over the next, uh, well, over the next few years. Uh, yeah, Maddie will be with you next week. We'll have a chat uh, with him. I might, might pop in. I don't know. I 
doubted after you're so mean to me uh, before. 0457 736 736 is our text number. You can call the open line 1300 01 1170. Just before a break, Josh Reynolds. And I know we spoke about him a few weeks ago um, when it was announced that he made the top 30 of the Bulldogs. Uh, he's going to be playing NRL this weekend, or it looks like it anyway, making his long-awaited comeback to the NRL and his first game for the Bulldogs in six years. Uh, the Bulldogs veteran will be named on the interchange bench for Canterbury's clash with the Cowboys um, on Sunday. Uh, Reynolds has been working himself back to NRL fitness in the New South Wales Cup. We know... His last NRL game was for the West Tigers in 2020 before heading to the UK Super League. Uh, he earned a 12-month contract at the start of the season uh, with his leadership proving a lure for the Dogs to sign the veteran. Reynolds will replace utility New Brown, who is set to be sidelined for an extended period due to a dislocated elbow suffered against the Warriors last Sunday. Also, what will be one to watch um, is how well Reynolds plays and we know Kyle Flanagan has been under a bit of pressure in recent times. Um, so uh, I know there's a couple of people in breakfast with Vossi and Brandy saying that potentially we could see, maybe they'd like to see Josh Reynolds. Bulldogs fans would like to see Josh Reynolds in for Kyle Flanagan. Well, he's not in for Kyle Flanagan, but he will be in the team, it looks like, on Sunday. I was actually at Belmore for his last game at the Bulldogs. Um, and the scenes after the match was just amazing scenes you very rarely see these days. So good to see Josh Reynolds back for the Bulldogs this Sunday, an important game for them against the Cowboys. 0457 736 736, our text number. You can call the open line anytime, 1300 01 1170. On our agenda today, and I'll get to your text after this, Jack Whiten leaving Canberra, maybe. Dolphins, Tigers, Eels, all very interested. Would you take him at your club? 30 years of age, um, 12, 13, 14 years in the NRL. Would you take him at your club? 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170. The Eels apparently on the hit list, Jaden Campbell, Dane Laurie, Charlie Staines, amongst others. Jack Wellsby, maybe. Jack Wyden. Are any of those players X-Factors that could help the Eels win the premiership either this year or next year? And the grand final. Would you love to see the NRL grand final go to Melbourne? Um, are you unlike my sort of thinking where I think it should remain New South Wales or at least Queensland if it has to go into state? But are you happy to see a Super Bowl style roadshow with the NRL Grand Final showcase the game to as many people as possible? 0457 736 736, our text number, open line number 1300 01 1170. We'll get to your text after this break. It is 18 minutes to six in New South Wales, 18 minutes to five in Queensland. I mentioned the soccer slash football last night with Matty. Uh, the Socceroos lost 2 1 to Ecuador. Of course, they won. On Friday night, 3-1. We spoke about this with John Gallo yesterday morning as well. We actually, Australia actually scored first in the 16th minute, but Ecuador uh, getting their first goal in the 51st minute and their second goal in the 65th minute. Uh, 27,103 fans at Marvel Stadium last night in Melbourne. Disappointing to see them lose, but I don't think uh, they'd be that disappointed uh in full, Graham Arnold didn't seem that disappointed. And they, there are a lot of changes from that uh, team that played on Friday, that played on uh, last night. Now, some texts, 0457 736 736. Jason, I've got your text. I would love to. I'll see how uh, we go with that. Uh, now, uh, also, this one from the Kingswood Welder in terms of Matty Cox. He goes, good morning again, Daniel. I might have to get Ellen Belford-Jones to text Mr. Cox when he fills in for you mid-next week. Well, Kingswood, if you know Ellen Belford-Jones... 
because we do get Alan texting in every now and again on the text line, 0457 736 736. Get him to text in Maddie. He'll be thrilled. Might well actually be the highlight of Maddie's radio career, and he's done some uh, good stuff. Uh, this from the Oval Treatment. Hi, Dan. Arguably, Jack Whiten would still be in the top 10 of the current 5.8s in the NRL. I think any team would be interested, but it always comes down to the current makeup of the squad, salary cap capacity, and what Jack may be asking for. Yeah, 30 years of age, Jack Wyden, been very successful with the Canberra Raiders, of course, featured in that 2019 grand final when they could have really won against the Roosters. They lost that just, but in at the end of the day, uh, he's been a great player for many, many years. I'm kind of surprised that he's even thinking about leaving Canberra, but... It'll be interesting to see where he ends up. Dolphins, Tigers, Eels, apparently, uh, where he is looking at the moment or who the clubs are at least interested in him. Uh, Razor says on the text line, NRL and AFL weekend grand final. That would be huge in Melbourne. Um, you know those Melbourians, uh, 100,000 people would go to watch two flies crawl up the wall, correct? Um, I still don't know about the NRL grand final in Melbourne, but... Uh, look, no doubt, and Matty said it earlier when we were talking to him, no doubt it would be uh, sold out. Whether it actually ever happens or not, uh, as I said, there'll be talks between Peter Volandis and Chris Mins over the next few weeks, and we'll see uh, what happens with that. And this one from Gary in terms of the Clint Gutherson story. I think the Clint story is another fake news story. The Jack Whiten move is possible to, to the over-30s Dolphins. That from uh, Gary. Yes, well, I would think out of all the clubs, look, the Tigers, I think, would love Jack White and he'd had a lot of experience but I would think if he is to leave the Raiders the Dolphins would be on the hit list but then then maybe we talk about Parramatta looking for an x-factor well maybe this could be the x-factor I, I don't know anyway we'll see what happens and that's if he does leave Canberra at all he's also out suspended for the next couple of uh weeks because of uh, those tackles in that game against Newcastle on Sunday afternoon. 0457 736 736 our text number. You can call the open line 1300 01 1170 Breakfast not too far away with Vossi and James Magnuson this morning. Uh, Queensland listeners, you'll get the first hour of that before Padden Heels at 6am local time. We'll take a break, come back and wrap things up. It is 10 to 6 in New South Wales 10 to 5 in Queensland. We were just talking about Chris Minns and the new uh, Labor government in Sydney. Uh, three powerful uh, Sydney NRL club bosses is on the front page of the Daily Telegraph this morning uh, are going to demand that the new New South Wales government commit to upgrading their suburban home grounds. So home grounds are the Manly Seagulls, the Cronulla Sharks and the West Tigers. Um, and they're going to have a meeting soon with Chris Min. So we'll see what happens uh, with that as well. We know suburban footy is alive and kicking. We saw that at Belmore Oval a couple of weeks ago. So we'll see if anything comes of that uh, over the next few weeks and months. Thank you for your company this morning. Coming up on Breakfast with Fossey and James Magnuson after the 6 o'clock news, uh, David Riccio will be here with all the big NRL headlines. Only a sleep away from round five of the NRL starting tomorrow night with the Eels taking on the Roosters at Allianz Stadium. And Jared Waitley will join them to talk all things sport. For our Queensland listeners, you'll get the first hour of Vossi and James Magnuson. Then Patton Heels will be in the chair from 6 a.m. at local time. On this show tomorrow, we'll have a chat with Chris Perkins in America. Get all the latest from the United States and all the other headlines in sport. Thanks for your company today. Have a good Wednesday. Vossi and James Magnuson follows the news at 6 or 5 in Queensland. And I'll see you tomorrow morning from 5 a.m. Have a great day.